Hey Rebels, welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. I'm Ryan Dobson. Producer Kay, how you doing? I'm doing well. This month in July, we in The Upgrade are going through the book Way of the Warrior Kid by retired Navy SEAL Jocko Willink. Uh, yes, this is the broadcast I was intimidated by. It's the only one in two years. I was, wow, I was just, <laughs> I had so many questions that I personally wanted to know. I didn't ask one of them. Oh. I didn't, I was just too intimidated. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I felt his time was so valuable. Jocko Willink is one of the most decorated Navy SEALs in the history of the SEAL program. He was the West Coast commander of all SEALs on the West Coast. Chris Kyle, uh, American sniper, was Jocko's sniper in the most decorated SEAL team in the Iraq War. That's literally, that's the first page of his bio. Yeah. That's like the first line item on his bio. The things this man has done since the SEALs. Right. I'm getting goosebumps talking about a program we did a little while ago. I cannot wait to play it again. I just reread Way of the Warrior Kid. I'm rereading it to Lincoln. You guys are listening to it. We're going to mm-hmm. listen to it after this. And in fact, um, you know what? We're going to Canada. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that with us. We you have should. a three and a half hour drive mm-hmm. from LaRange. No, from Saskatoon to LaRange. Mm. Yeah. Do you know where that is? No. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's in the middle of nowhere. Three and a half hours each way. We will for sure be listening to Way of the Warrior Kid both ways on that. I am indebted not only to Jocko personally, and yes, to Jocko personally, but to all men and women that have put on our armed services uniforms. Mm. Every single yes. one of them. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, National Guard, Coast Guard, we are in your debt. Yes. We are in your debt. We are free today because of these men and women. And I got to tell you, it's hard to raise boys in 2018 to grow up to be a Jocko, mm-hmm. to grow up to be a Chris Kyle, to grow up to be a James Dobson. Mm-hmm. What's your dad's name? He was such a man's man. Bill Merriam. Goodness gracious. <laughs> One of the original OG founders of <laughs> CNN. Woo. <laughs> Back when it was pure news. Yep. Oh my goodness. How do you raise boys to be men it's so did there's so many obstacles to mm-hmm. achieving that task i gotta tell you way the warrior kid does it in a graceful way mm-hmm. there's it's not pushy it's not shaming it's not guilt inducing it's graceful mm-hmm. can you imagine the guy that gets up every single day in some three four minute variant of 4 30 a.m mm-hmm. then works out takes a picture of his watch at 4 30 in the morning then works out then takes a picture of the sweat pool every morning mm-hmm wrote one of the most gracious books to moms and dads and families because he knew it was tough to raise a boy to be a man in this era. Jocko, thank you, sir. Right. And he doesn't even have a son. No. Just got daughters. daughters. Oh, yeah. And Mrs. Jocko. (laughs) Yeah, that's... You know what? I can't wait for you all. If you've not heard this, how dare you not going back to listen to the back catalog? And I don't blame you, for sure. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Like, you don't have enough on your plate already. That's why we do this every now and then. This is so much fun, because I did get to ask him that. As intense and hardcore as you are, do you enforce that in your home? Mm -hmm. And his answer is the best. Without any further ado, the man I've been most intimidated by on in the history of Mm -hmm. Rebel Parenting Podcast and a true living legend and American hero, Way of the Warrior Kid author, Jocko Willink. Jocko, thank you so much for coming on the program today. I've been listening to you for so long, and then when you came out with Way of the Warrior Kid, 
I got to be honest, I was a little confused. I thought, you know, I've seen Discipline Equals Freedom and your other books. I've heard the podcast. I was surprised at a kid's book. What made you decide to wake up and write a kid's book? Well, one thing is I have four kids of my own between the ages of 18 and eight. And so in raising my kids, I learned some things and and saw some things that I thought helped them. And so I thought to myself, maybe I could help some other kids if I wrote this stuff down in a way that kids could digest it. Mm. I got to be honest, it's a brilliant book. And I'm not a psychologist, but I've been raised by one. My dad's a PhD. And there's a lot of things you include in the book that surprised me. Um, The relationship with the boy and his dad, you know, in the beginning you say, dad's great, but he's gone a lot on work. And mom loves me, but of course she does. And that's a big Mm. psychological point because there's kids out there reading the books whose dads uh, aren't in the home. They've come from a divorced family or their dad travels all the time or they weren't raised by their dad. And you've opened up that door for any kid to read this book and not feel bad about their family. Mm. And also, especially for little boys, we know intrinsically, of course, our moms love us. Of course, they think we're special. And to grow into a man, we've got to feel that ourselves. How did you know to put that in the book? Well, one thing is uh, in the SEAL teams, there was a lot of guys in the SEAL teams that were raised by single moms. Mm. And I know that you know, there's a lot of kids out there that don't have dads around. And I wanted to make sure that those kids didn't feel like they were missing out because they didn't have their dad around. Hmm. On top of that, I kind of closed the loop in the end of the book. And I have Uncle Jake explain to young Mark that he doesn't even need Uncle Jake. And you can figure this stuff out on your own. It's harder, but you can do it and you can make that happen. Because I know that Many kids out there, not only do they not have a dad around, they also don't have an Uncle Jake. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. the point was you could get a lot of this stuff from from the book or from other places in life, and you didn't necessarily need a family member there to show you the way, and a lot of kids don't have that, unfortunately. Yeah, I really appreciated that. I was at a camp a couple years ago, and a young man asked me a very similar question. He said, I have terrible role models in my life. My dad left when I was little. My uncle's in you know, prison. I've got drug addicts you know, all around me. How do I do this? And my advice was to read the great biographies. Look up to the people that you look up to and try to find out what makes them tick. As your time in the SEAL team, on SEAL Team 3, what were the things that you learned from the men that you had to lead that got you into leadership and then started thinking, you know what, for kids, this is important they learn this early on. I mean, the book is so brilliant in teaching discipline at a time where we don't really teach a lot of discipline. We teach kind of do whatever you want to do and whatever feels good to you, not whatever is the right thing to do. Well, that's true. And that's stuff that definitely I learned in the SEAL teams growing up. And as a young SEAL, I was looking for leadership. And a lot of times I'd see leadership that didn't perform well or that I, that wasn't, uh, people kind of people that I didn't want to follow. And then I had some leaders that were absolutely outstanding. And I I just took the lessons from the, the, the guys that I worked for that I really wanted to follow that everyone really liked that everyone wanted to do a good job for. And I tried to emulate what they did or the positive things that they did. And then the leaders that I had that weren't good, that people didn't like that people didn't want to follow. I tried to not do the things that they did. And over time, kind of figured some stuff out for myself. And by the time I was in a leadership position, I was always still learning, but I was at least, uh, I think, moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Mm. And 
how do you feel? You know, you were leading so many men and you see so many recruits come in over your tenure in the military. What kind of kids are we raising? Are we doing a good job or can we do a better job? Is that kind of why you wrote this book? So that the people that are raising kids that listen to the podcast and read your books can do a better job being parents? Yes, I think there's kids out there and and believe me, I hear a lot of complaints about millennials and whatnot, but <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, you know, I served alongside young kids, 18, 19 year old Marines mm. and soldiers and young SEALs. And, and those guys were as brave and courageous and hardworking as any other human beings I've ever known. Amen. So in the, the pocket of society that I saw the most of was still great, heroic human beings that were out to serve others. And I think that's a, a really positive thing. But certainly, when I was reading books to my kids, I have three daughters and one son. And especially for my son, because I felt like the books were geared more towards girls. And and even the books that were geared towards girls, they they kind of emphasized qualities that I didn't really want to emphasize with my kids. And I remember I got a book. I went to a bookstore and I was just looking for a book to read to my son. And there was a book about pirates. And I I didn't really look through it, but I had some cool pictures in it. So I grabbed this book about pirates and I got it home and I started reading it to him. And and these pirates were the most pathetic (laughs) I've ever heard of. I mean, I thought they would at least be tough. They weren't tough. They weren't, they weren't, you know, trying to make anything happen. They were just, it was awful. It was an awful book and it, and it, and it was just an awful uh, example for kids to see, even if you were going to make someone out to be bad pirates. Okay, well then make them bad. Mm-hmm. Let us see what a bad, let, let, us, let us see that there's evil in the world. Mm-hmm. But these were just uh, pathetic. And so I, mm-hmm. at that point, that was one of the things that drove me to, to write the book. Looking back on that, I said, there's no good books for, for people to read to their kids, boys or girls. And I, I mean, I get just as much um, feedback from people that have daughters as sons with Way of the Warrior Kid. And and, you know, I think that's for a good reason. Like I said, I have three daughters and one son, and, and the stories in the book are based on my, my daughters and my son. So mm-hmm. You can tell, and I've given this book out so many mm-hmm. times. I can't believe how many of my friends picked this up. Uh, we just did a marriage conference for a couple. All their daughters read it. They're mm-hmm. so excited that you're on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Laura and I, we homeschool our kids, and we're amongst a lot of that group And it's interesting to watch the kids being raised today, you know, as I'm around them more. And little boys, you know, when I was little, we fought and we wrestled and we hit and, you know, we beat each other with sticks. You know, my friends and I, we all did that stuff. And today, I feel like boys are being raised in this kind of in-between period where they're being told, maybe don't be rough and don't do these things. Mm -hmm. But intrinsically, that's how we're built. You know, when that testosterone kicks in, You've, you've going to be a boy. And I like that you're letting boys be boys and girls be girls, but you're teaching them that discipline that so that later in life, they're going to grow up into the right kind of human being, a good member of society, that kind of sheepdog taking care of those around you personality. Yeah. And if you have those urges in your system, which you do because yeah, you're a human, but you're also, also an animal. And so you're going to want to wrestle and fight and grapple and throw rocks and you know, attack each other with sticks and find out who is the stronger kid and race each other. That, that's what mm-hmm. that's what kids want to do. And if and if you don't let kids express that in any way, well, when they get older and those things start to come out, they don't know how to control them and they don't mm-hmm. know the difference between right and wrong. And they don't understand that 
that when they use force on someone, how that affects the other person and how they shouldn't abuse those things. So mm. these are all things, if you ignore them, they don't go away. They just they just become problematic. Whereas if you address them and you, you treat them with respect, then people realize that they have power and that they need to be thoughtful mm. with the power that they have. Absolutely. Uh, that kind of begs the question, your childhood was kind of crazy, and the military really did turn you around. We had that happen in our own neighborhood, but can you talk about what the military did for you? Who were you before you joined the, the military, and how did it shape you into the man you are today? Well, I was just a rebellious kid. Um, hmm. I know I'm on the the rebel <laughs> but yeah, We started a rebellion, though. This isn't about being rebellious. It's a rebellion against lifeless marriages and bad parenting. That's all. <laughs> yeah, well, you you are a rebel then. And I would yeah. say that was the same thing with me. Um, when I described myself as a rebel growing up, I was actually a rebel against a lot of the things that I saw around me that friends were getting into. A lot of kids mm -hmm. were getting into drugs and alcohol and uh, just doing that kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. And I kind of rejected that and rebelled against it. And the way I rebelled against it was, um, you know, first of all, I didn't drink when I was a kid, which was very rare. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. you know, into yeah. hardcore music um, and, and grew up on the East Coast in the hardcore music scene. Oh. And then when I turned, you know, 17 and 18, I said, you know what, I, I, what's the ultimate rebellion? The ultimate rebellion in my small New England town was to join the military. No one joined the military. Wow. And, and so when I joined the military, it was like, oh, wow, this, this guy's doing something crazy. Well, yeah, yeah I am. I'm going to go be a commando while you all <laughs> sit around and smoke pot. So yeah. I rejected that stuff and I went in the military and the greatest thing about the military is when you get in the military, it's you're a blank slate mm -hmm. and it's, they give you pretty clear, uh, guidelines of what you need to do to, to improve your rank and to do a good job. And it's all very clear and mm -hmm. that's what I did. So I thought it was a, it was a great thing for me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, thank there was you a, for your service. We appreciate you. My goodness. Well, it was an honor to serve. Well, we had a kid in our neighborhood who, truthfully, he's just a regular kid. He's not a bad kid. He's just a kid. He drove too fast. He was a little disrespectful. But he's not a terrible kid. He just kind of was a pain. And as a parent with young kids, he made me nervous. He drives too fast in our cul-de-sac. And, you know, when his parents would leave, he'd start smelling weed, things like that. He joined the Marines. I'm not kidding. The first day he came back from boot camp, I would have hired him on the spot. Yep. I've never seen a transformation, the bigger, quicker, more dramatic transformation in my life. It was yes, sir. No, Looks sir. Looking you eye. in the eye. Yeah. He can hold a conversation. Standing. He's responsible. Asking about the well-being of my kids and my wife. It was shocking. It was amazing, Jocko. It just, I thought, I, I respected the military before, but in our current culture, the military can get a bad rap. And I just thought people need to know our military is doing a phenomenal job. Yep. Yeah, the uh, the Marine Corps is just an outstanding organization, as as is the Army, Navy, Air Force. But you'll mm -hmm. definitely see those kind of changes take place, and and it's because when when you go in through boot camp, mm -hmm. you you learn what it's like to not have the things that you grow up with, and and so all of a sudden all your clothes are taken away, all your you know you don't have a phone, you don't have internet, you have nothing. Hmm. And you earn those things back and you learn what it's like to go through a little bit of suffering and you understand what sacrifice is and you learn to appreciate not just the material things, but the freedom that the world has and other people in the world and the struggles that they have. So, yeah, I, I, I love the being in the military and I think it's a great move for 
for many people. Mm-hmm. Jocko, I just want to switch gears. What would you say to the mom who, um, like, I'm looking at you going, yes, I need more discipline in my life with my children. Would you have any advice to the mom sitting out there listening? Like, um, I want to tiptoe into what you're talking about, but I don't know how to do it. You know, I, I think you just got to be sensible. And, and I think one of the big things with being a parent is you got to be consistent and speak honestly and frankly with your kids. You know, someone hit me up the other day, and I forget what the the basis of the question was, but there was some misbehavior that was going on. And I said, you know, you got to sit the kid down and saying, hey, okay, I let this go a little too far. I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done it. And now you're not performing well in school, or you're now you're misbehaving, or now you're treating people with disrespect. It's my fault that I let this go this far. I can't accept it anymore. And here's the rules that we are now putting in place to ensure that this doesn't happen anymore and I get you on the right track. The reason I want you on the right track is because what you do right now, the track that you're on right now actually leads somewhere. And I want it to lead mm-hmm. to a good place yeah. where you're happy and you have a good mm-hmm. job and you're stable. Yeah. I don't want to lead, lead it to a bad place where you're yeah. unhappy and you're broke and you're addicted mm-hmm. to drugs or alcohol. I don't yeah. want you on that track. I want you on a good track. So these are the things I'm going to put in place to keep you on the right track until I see that you can stay on the track by yourself. And when we get there, that's great. That's fine. I'd, I'd much rather you go on your own down the path. But until you figure out where that path is, I got to give you some guidance. Mm. Nice. Thank you. That's fantastic. It's great advice. Jocko, I, along with a quarter million other people, follow you on Instagram. <laughs> and I've got the... Uh, you, I think you and two other people, I have the alerts turned on for. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do, I get the verse of the day for the Bible, and then I see what time you woke up. You post a photo of your watch every morning. Today it was uh, 4.33.08 a.m. Mm. You take a picture before you work out, and you're incredibly disciplined. I love your workouts. I follow them. What's the rest of the family like, though? How do you achieve balance? Is, is Mrs. Jocko up at four? Is she working out, too? Are the kids there, too? Or, or do you have a balance where they kind of do their thing, you do your thing? How does that intersect? So I'll, I'll just kind of go one by one. Uh, my wife is, is – she likes to sleep more than I do. And, <laughs> and she doesn't get up at 4.30 in the morning. But she gets up, you know, around 5.30 or 6. Hmm. She – does stuff for the family in the morning and when the family's all at school that's when she works out Mm. and she's uh in great shape and and eats very healthy and just is a great person and she does all the stuff around the house Mm. and she helps me run uh the businesses that we run so she she does a lot of great stuff but she doesn't mind sleeping a little bit more than me (laughs) my oldest daughter who's now in college she uh, actually has the same genetic predisposition for sleep that I have, which means she doesn't need to sleep a lot. Mm, yeah. And she was a very, very disciplined and hardworking student. And I would go to bed sometimes at 11 o'clock at night and she would be up studying and I'd wake up at 4.30 in the morning and she'd still be up studying. Mm. And so she is a, either that wow. or she slept for two or three hours. Mm. Uh, but she's just a, a very hard worker and she doesn't need to sleep a lot, which is, which is kind of nice. My middle daughter actually is a little bit more like my wife. She likes to sleep in in the morning more, (laughs) but she'll stay up very late at night doing her studies and preparing for school. And she's a, she's my, my oldest daughter is a a ballerina and that's a, it's almost a, it's almost like a a level of discipline in ballet, which is borderline psychotic. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know about that. You know, pelvis is being broken and the toes and the feet and all of that. Yeah, ballerinas are super tough. 
Yeah, she um, she actually got more injuries from ballet than my other daughter did from uh, gymnastics and wrestling. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, we've heard that. Um, yeah, and then my son, my son, you know, he he actually gets up early, but he goes to bed early, and he's a freshman in high school, and he wakes oh. up early and surfs in the morning. Good uh, for him. Yeah, well, they they actually have surf PE here. Oh, oh that's I'm the best. I know. We, Is moved, that fair? we moved from San Clemente to Colorado, Jocko. We were living in San Clemente down by Camp Pendleton, where you are, and... surfing all the time. <sighs> I'm yeah. jealous. I'm envious. That's so. Do you, do you ski up there? Uh, not as much. We not snowboard. As much. Yeah. We snowboard, oh. ski a little bit. Laura does that more, just because with the kids, it was kind of harder doing it with the kids. We'll but, get into but, it this year more. Yep, right. definitely. But and then my youngest daughter, she just uh, you know she's a princess, so she does what she wants. Awesome. <laughs> we all have it. one of those. Well, I love that you're you've got balance too, and I think it's important for parents to know. You know, you're getting up at four thirty. Your wife gets up at a certain time, but everybody's got their own rhythm. But you're teaching that. I want to move over into your book, uh, Discipline Equals Freedom. That is not being talked about mainstream media in our zeitgeist in the public culture very often. Um, we are eschewing discipline at every stage, it seems. What, why do you believe that discipline equals freedom, and how have you taught that to your children? Well, the examples that I always use for discipline equaling freedom is the number one is financial freedom. And if you want to have financial freedom, which everyone wants to have, mm-hmm. then you need to have financial discipline. That's, that's how you get there. And the other big one is free time. If you want to have free time, which everyone wants more free time, in order to have more free time, you have to have a more disciplined time management schedule. And you need to write things down that you're supposed to do, and then you need to stay on track and get them done and not procrastinate. And you need to avoid doing things that don't benefit you, like watching um, you know, hours worth of YouTube videos, which <laughs> are actually yeah. engineered to get you to click on the next video. So yep. mm. if, if you have discipline, it gives you freedom. And it's the same thing with, with anything in work or anything in life, including work. The more disciplined you are at work, the, the easier time you're going to have at work, the, the less stress you are going to have at work. The more organized you are, the more prepared you are, the easier your job is, and you'll be stress-free. So discipline equals freedom for sure. It's mm, fantastic. I love it. Um, Chaco, before we go, how can our listeners support military families in two ways? One, while a spouse is deployed, obviously being a single parent is tough. How can we support that spouse? But the reentry process can be difficult. Um, I don't know what like a military person does, but I travel pretty extensively for my job. And at times when I come home, things get disrupted. That reentry process is tough. How can our listeners support those in the military around them while a spouse is gone and then when they're back home? Well, I, when, when the spouses are gone, which my wife dealt with that over and over again, with me being on deployment over and over again, mm-hmm. and also with mo- both my parents and her parents not living anywhere close to us ever, mm-hmm. so we never had any family support whatsoever on a, on a daily or weekly basis. You know, mm-hmm. her parents would come once a year, uh, my parents would come once a year or something like that, so my, it was all on my wife when I was gone. But luckily, she formed a network of friends, and when I was gone, they were great friends. They would cook dinner for her. They would watch the kids when they, you know, if she needed to do something, they would have all my kids over to her house, I mean, over to their house if Mm -hmm. my wife needed to do a project or something. So I think the biggest thing you can do is just give support 
help out with with I would say if you think about the things that are normal that you do in your life and if you actually drill down on those a little bit and think about how difficult they would be if you had all of your kids with you and mm. and I try and provide mm-hmm. support in those areas you know even something as as simple as going grocery shopping yeah going to the grocery going store grocery I just shopping. thought of that yeah it shouldn't be a big deal right unless right. you've got three kids under the age of four and then all of a sudden going grocery shopping with three kids under the age of four is a complete gut check whereas if someone can come over to your house and watch for an hour you can go knock it out you can actually probably get a cup of coffee and relax your brain at at a at a coffee shop for 15 minutes as well which you which you likely need if you're Mm -hmm. a mom yeah that's a great distinction oh and I would say when the when the when the folks come home same thing you know why not why not try and maybe have a sleepover for the for the veterans kids mm-hmm. so that you know mom and dad veteran can can have a night out or a weekend alone or whatever and kind of get to know each other again after mm-hmm. uh, the 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 man or wife has been gone on a, a long arduous deployment that's fantastic yeah. absolutely Thanks. lastly before we go Jocko I hear that way the warrior kid is coming out with a field guide with workouts nutrition sleep schedules is it true and when is it coming out <laughs> There is actually not a warrior kid uh, field manual coming out yet. Um, there probably will be. There is Way of the Warrior Kid 2 book is coming out. I just mm-hmm. finished writing it um, a couple weeks ago. It is uh, – I, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. The book starts off with young Mark. Uh, the opening scene It is the last day of school of sixth grade, and young Mark is not in his classroom. He's in the principal's office. And he's in the principal's office because he threw a paper mache pumpkin at a kid by the name of Nathan James. It bounced off of Nathan James's head and hit Miss Carpenter Uh-oh. in the face. Um, <laughs> he is in there because he did that. And the reason he did that was because he lost his temper. Mm. And losing your temper is something that warriors can't do and warrior kids certainly can't do it Mm. and that's one of the lessons that's in the new book is getting control of your emotions getting control of your temper Mm. sure you're not doing things that are not smart just because you're getting emotional so that's lessons in the new book and uh i had a lot of fun with it oh it's awesome thank you jocko jocko for your service for being bold for being brave and for helping us all be better parents we owe you a huge debt of gratitude thank you sir thanks for coming on we appreciate you Thanks for having me on. Nice meeting you, Laura and Ryan, and I hope you guys uh, continue to put out good word. Thank you, sir. God bless. Thank you. Oh, that voice, right? Right. Man. So good. It's so good. And so, one, get the book. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Get the audible because he reads it. Right. He's Uncle Jake, man. Mm-hmm. In the flesh, he's Uncle Jake. And I'll tell you what, we're going to air, a, we, are, we will air his podcast where Uncle Jake answers questions from all the kids that have read this book. And that one, mm. I'm telling you, if you're a parent, that one will touch you. That'll yeah. hit you because he's answering all these kids' questions. And he is, he's just a king, man. He's a hero. <laughs> he's, he's a king. I, yeah. Oh, when I grow up, I want to be Jocko Willink. <laughs> I would say me too, but I don't know how to answer that. He's the best, His right? His character. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. is. He is one fantastic individual. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. If you're not in the upgrade, man, what are you doing? You're missing out. Go to rebelupgrade.com, sign up, go into the deep dives of these books. We have had 
just, I, I have grown so much. My mm-hmm. life is more abundant because of these books. That's a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? I'm such a nerd about books. I have isolated myself away from people so often. <laughs> and for so many hours in a book, I didn't realize when we chose these books, it would cause my my outside life to be more abundant. Mm-hmm. You know, Mediterranean Love Plan has rekindled. In fact, our oven and stove broke. By the way, when I when I pulled it out, there was huge. Well, you told me about the fire in your house. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking of. Massive burn marks mm-hmm. in the top and bottom where the elements blew out. Oh my god. Oh yeah, it was so scary. I was like, whoa, producer <laughs> K. By the way, producer K had a fire in her house because a burner like the element burned yeah turned it off it was completely and it still off. shorted out Oof, mm-hmm. crazy 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 that one ignited my pat well, so we got a new oven and i've been baking and cooking like a fiend yeah it's glorious it's so many and and so much that passage rekindled because of a mediterranean love plan roger thompson we stood upon stars my camping hunting I mean, we're not gonna hunt this time my camping fishing trip with lincoln that's coming up there are so many more things we will do and experience because of that book yeah it's I will appreciate the trip that's the one thing it's not that we're gonna do that many more things mm-hmm. I certainly will have I certainly will be paying so much more attention yes you know your lens changed it did yep yeah and again alongside mom strong I mean it just it gets it just keeps getting better and better oh we love it so rebelupgrade.com All right, is that enough? It is enough for this week. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week with our friends. Who is the next week? You know what? It's going to be a surprise. God bless Rebels. We love you. We will see you next week.